So you're listening to Hey Paolo on Radio Pilipino on air live on 5 EBI 103.1 FM. We're also live on digital via 5ebi.com.au. And here on Hey Paolo, we're all about meeting interesting people and creating meaningful conversations. And tonight, we are very honored that we have a very special guest uh, waiting already on the other line via Zoom. When you talk about the best talk show host and the best interviewer with 30 over years of experience, correct me if I'm wrong, Tito <laughs> Boy. In the Philippine industry, there's only one name that comes to mind. He is none other than my favorite host, Mr. Boy Abunda. Hello, Tito Boy. Hello from Adelaide. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine. I'm good. Thank you, Paolo. Uh, thank you for your kind words. Uh, thank you for saying I'm interesting, uh, among the interesting people. And I'd like to say, hey, Paolo. <laughs> Are you at home, Tito Boy? Yes, I, I work from home. I do my shows from home right now. And uh, doing very well. Mm. Praise God. Doing very well. Thank you, Paolo. First question, Tito Boy. Have you ever been to Australia or even Adelaide? And uh, can you share more stories about it if you've been? Adelaide, no, unfortunately not, but I'm looking forward. Uh, I, I love that uh, plant behind you. It is, <laughs> it? It's beautiful. No, I love plants. I love flowers. It's, I haven't been to Adelaide, but I have been to Australia many times, uh, but not in the past years. I have been to, um, I have been to Sydney, Uh, many times, uh, but the last time I was there was many years ago. So um, I'd like to be able to visit Australia again. Yes, you know, the, the one experience that I will not forget about Australia is many, many years ago, I was staying in, um, in a hotel by the wharf. Was mm -hmm. it Nico Hotel by the wharf in Sydney? Right. Okay. So it was, a, it was a Sunday. I just remember this now. I haven't spoken about this in a while, in a long, long time. I was in Sydney and it was a Sunday and I wanted to go to church. So I don't know how I found someone on the phone. I was talking to a Filipino and I said, I'm, I'm going to church. I'd like to go to church. Tapos sabi niya, yeah, you, you can go to Blacktown. Mm. Um, uh, you will find a church there. I said, what? Thank you very much. So I was by the wharf, Nico Hotel, if I'm not mistaken. I was, in, I was in Sydney. I had this idea that I thought I could take a cab, a taxi. So from the wharf to Blacktown, I took a cab and went to church. <laughs> I didn't imagine that it was, you know, it was from California to New York. <laughs> right. And it was packed with Filipinos, I suppose, as well. It was packed with a lot of Filipinos. Right. Well, there are about 300,000 Filipinos here in Australia and about 20,000 in Adelaide. Uh, and on behalf of the Filipino community, thank you for joining us. Uh, to all the listeners, it's a packed 30-minute show and we're about to start to interview the interviewer. So let's get to know Tito Boy uh, a bit better. No, Paolo, I just wanted to say, sa lahat po nang nakikinig natin mga kababayan sa Adelaide, uh, magandang araw po sa inyong lahat. Maraming maraming salamat. I'm sorry. Maraming maraming salamat at sana'y kayo nasa mabuting kalagayan. Okay. Well, thank you, Tito Boy. Um, so my first question, Tito Boy, is asked by a fellow OFW. Um, for you, have you ever thought of living and working overseas? Uh, ever since my life, Paolo, the answer to that is no. Um, 
Why? I ha also have no answer. I don't know. But I never considered living, working abroad. You know why? Every time I travel uh, to Australia, to the United States, or even to Europe, by the time I am on my fifth day, you know, uh, there's this itch to go home. Mm. So I can't stay very long outside of uh, the Philippines. Right, Again, right. The, the question is why? I don't think I can verbalize that. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and I think it's also important that where Nanay is, you will be there as well, isn't it? Yes. Um, and, you know, I've, I've done a lot of junkets. I've done junkets, meaning where we are able to do interviews with Hollywood stars. Like I, one, one of the junkets I did was in London and we stayed there for a couple of days. And by the time it was a week, I was, you know, I, I really wanted to run home. I really wanted to go. I, you know, my trips are three days, four days. I'm okay. I enjoy traveling. I enjoy going to so many places, but uh, I love home. Right. <laughs> well, talking about home, Tito Boy. Um, so now in light of the pandemic, what do you normally do? Like when you're not working, who is Tito Boy at home? And what keeps you busy as well? Uh, where do I start? Uh, in the beginning, I was like everybody else. I was... I was afraid because it was so uncertain. I didn't know what was gonna happen. If somebody told me that uh, something like this was gonna happen, I would, have, uh, I would have doubted because um, we, we, we live in a wired world, technolo technologically advanced world. And um, I, I think that's where we were sa atin nga, Paolo, sa lalo na sa ating mga nakikinig, parang yumabang tayo to a certain point na we, we, we started to feel like we were impregnable, we were impervious, we were untouchable. So in the beginning of uh, the pandemic, I imagined that it was not going to, I was in denial, it was not going to last, etc. But it did. So I was afraid. And um, the solution to that was prayer. You know, I... <laughs> I went to God and I prayed, Mago Holy Week noni, because it started March 15. The lockdown in Manila started March 15. So, uh, and then Holy Week, uh, we found a lot of time, we had a lot of time for uh, meditation, introspection. And there I slowly accepted the fact that it was happening and that um, why should I be afraid? Have I no faith, as, as the Lord Jesus would say. So I stayed home. So, you know, Paolo, all my life in Manila, I roamed the streets of Manila. I had a very difficult beginning in Manila. I come from Borongan, Eastern Samar. And uh, the first years in Manila were extremely, extremely difficult. So I lived outside. I, li I lived outside of my home. I realized that um, when somebody, someone asks me, what did you miss most or what are you missing the most uh, in the outside world? My answer is none. I missed myself. I missed every corner of my house. I missed members of my family. I missed uh, my partner, Bong, my, my niece, Lani, and my nephew, Jake. And I miss ang tao dito sa bahay. And most of all, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I missed myself. 
I, I missed myself. So I was okay. It was slow. It was not radical. It was slow, but I learned how to manage. And what do I do at home? Paulo, I have a big collection of books. Right. Uh, I read a lot. Um, there is no day that I don't work. I'm still working. I do interviews from, uh, from home. I do shows from home. I do, I do everything from home. And real, I, I realized that, you know, um, you can live this way. You know, people talk about the new normal. Right. Um, according to a certain doctor, new normal actually is not here yet. We're not new normal because the virus is still there. New normal is our aspiration, is our hope to get there. But we're still in that transition. We're still in that period where we are hoping that this too shall pass. So right. I'm okay at home. I'm happy here. I, I know my neighbors now. I love my neighbors. For <laughs> years, for years, for almost 20 years, I've stayed in this village. I didn't know my neighbors. Today, nagbibigayan na kami ng ulam. Nagihirama na kami ng, you know, we're neighbors. Finally, I'm embracing uh, the Bayanihan spirit again, just like when I was in Borongan Eastern Samar. Right. We'll be learning more from Tito Boy in a bit, but for now, let's enjoy some OPM, original Filipino music. And since we are talking about staying at home, here's one of my new favorite Filipino bands, Ben and Ben, with Ride Home. Leave this all behind For with you is 
found my way home. I 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 found my way still listening to Hey Paolo on Barcada Radio. Again, here with us is Asia's King of Talk, Tito Boy Abunda. So what really pushed you, um, what was the tipping point for you to really start a career in interviewing celebrities as well as doing TV shows? Well, it was not a dream. It, I, I didn't have a roadmap. Uh, I didn't follow uh, a roadmap. I had no career path thing. I became a manager. I don't know, it was a natural movement from being a publicist. I started in, I roamed the streets of Manila. Tata wanted me to be a lawyer because I talked too much. Nana wanted me to be an accountant because she imagined that if I were an accountant, I would work in the Philippine National Bank and I would be part owner of the bank. <laughs> so I came to Manila, Tata passed on, and um, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I, I, I'm sharing this story, especially to young people, because it is not necessary sometimes to be able to articulate, to be able to write down exactly what you want. But I wanted something good. I wanted the best life for my mother, especially when Tatai passed on. I, I wanted the best life for my mother. But what exactly it was that I, I had to do, I didn't know. So I roamed the streets. I sold encyclopedias. Nagbenta po ako ng encyclopedias. I opened doors of restaurants. Nagbenta po ako ng... Uh, fire extinguishers. Wow. I became a tourist guide while I was lost in the big city until uh, there, was, uh, there was a call for auditions of the reopened Metropolitan Theater. I wanted to be in the theater. Why? I didn't know. I didn't have a background in theater. I'm saying this because... I was just riding the tide. I was just moving with a flow. I was just, uh, I was just listening to the whisper, whatever that was. So I auditioned. I auditioned in the theater. I remember the audition, Paolo. Um, we were required to dance, sing, and act. I was bad in all. <laughs> but, you know, just for fun, I, I, I went to the auditions. I did my audition. I say, oh, they cut me. They said, thank you. I left. I was hired uh, to be part of the chorus. Right. I was a chorus boy in the theater. But I was an aggressive uh, chorus boy. We, like we, we did, for example, Juan uh, Tamad. It was a children's musical. So I would go to the director and I'd, I'd say, uh, Derek, 
pag halimbawa kailangan mo ng sisigaw ng mabuhay si Juan Tamad ako na lang ang bigyan niyo because you know I wanted to invite friends and come to the theater paano naman la ako makikita if I was just part of the chorus so if you heard somebody say mabuhay si Juan Tamad ako yon okay so I did a lot of uh, productions I was always in the chorus to cut the story short I got into uh, the public relations office of the theater until I became the director for public relations in the theater One of my jobs was to announce via a voiceover the national anthem. I would say the line, "Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the Philippine national anthem." Until Paolo, I requested that I announce in front of the curtains because I wanted exposure. So I would go out of the curtain and I would face the audience, not knowing that I was preparing for a career in interviewing and hosting mm. and i would say good evening ladies and gentlemen please rise for the philippine national anthem thank you exit i i did that for years now i'm saying this because looking back you're able to connect the dots as steve jobs would say you're able to i, I didn't know that i was preparing myself for a career on uh, on television So from there, I became a manager. Uh, I started to manage talents like Ariel Rivera, uh, Monique Wilson, and so many other talents. And then um, from being a manager, my friend Bobby Barrero of Channel 7 called me one time. I was in the car and, you know, that, that call changed my life. It was the pivot. And then he said if I was interested to work on CAM. And of course I said, Yes. <laughs> I said yes. But I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And this may be worth uh telling our audience, our audience that uh, I was doing very well as a manager. I was um I I will not be shy to say this. I was uh, a hotshot manager during that time. I was a publicist. I was part of the contract of Regine Velasquez of Martin Rivera that if you hired Martin or Regine I was part of their contract. So I was not necessarily doing bad. Right. But when Bobby Barrero, who was senior vice president of GMA7 said, "Are you interested to do on-cam job?" Uh, whatever that was, I just said yes. I don't say no. I just said yes. So, uh that started my career. I But I had a friend he's still very active one of the biggest names in the industry here in the Philippines who uh got me to a conversation and said boy you know one day I see you doing your own advertising agency I see you being president of your marketing firm why are you going to go on cam that's not you so I said why not and he gave me three reasons pal one yeah. because I was not beautiful enough to be on television well, number two <laughs> because i was gay number three, because i had a waray i had a waray accent no but my friend meant well he meant well i mean he knew my mind he expected me to be a president of a marketing firm but i was just you know i was playful and i said what if i use uh, those three reasons uh, to trigger a career you know i said i'm gay I am not Miss Universe. I know that. But if you don't see my beauty, that's not my problem. That's yours. Right. <laughs> if I have an accent, I'm proud of my accent. Right. So, I did my first live show in Channel 7. I was uh I was a mess. I was fidgety. I don't know if I was nervous because I'm never nervous. I can be fidgety. 
But I promised, I remember after my first show, I told my audience, mga kaibigan, bigyan niyo ho ako ng out na palabas. After four shows, I would know what I'm doing. And I'm still here. Wow. <laughs> it's a very colorful, rich story, Potito Boy, and it's very inspiring and insightful as well. So, like, talking, uh, talking about that, how important is finding your initial It's very important, Paolo, but it can be dangerous also in marketing because when you, say, when you say niche, it's a small part of a general public. What is important is you present yourself from your point of truth. You present yourself from your point of, uh, from your story. You know, because your story is your truth. That's your core. Your core will direct you to your public. And that public will direct you to your niche. In other words, you know, when people would say, I, I'm not very particular about niches as a public figure because I'd like to be able to cut across uh, demographics. But what gets you remembered, what produces the residual value is when you have a niche characteristic. Meaning, hindi ako takot na may accent, what I Halimbawa, pag Bisaya ako or the Australian accent, which I love, do it because that's part of who you are. Right. That, 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 that's your mark. Don't, don't hide it. So nung sinabi sa akin ng kaibigan ko na Bisaya ako, yung E nagiging E, yung O nagiging U, um, I wasn't bothered because if I commit a mistake, uulitin ko lang, but that does not in any way define my mind or who I am. Right. So that's number one. And when you're also true to your core, I know I am not uh, Miss Universe, but who has the right to define my beauty? You know, uh, it's mine and mine alone. You know, my partner Bong used to joke about my nose because it's not the best nose in the world because it doesn't look like the nose of Tom Cruise. And for a while, you know, I used to make fun of myself. But I remember... Uh, in that conversation with Bong, I said, what if my nose doesn't look like the nose of Tom Cruise? I love my nose. It's the most beautiful nose because it's mine. You know, it's, it's my, it's part, it's part of my story. Yeah. And I am gay. I'm proudly gay. And that's part of my truth. Again, right. you know, so you find your public using your story. I didn't know this in the beginning. Right. I was just doing it. I was just doing right. it subconsciously. Right. Uh, Kito Boy, my next question is really in relation to that. You've been doing, I've seen a lot of your interviews where you do personal branding. Uh, can you share more about your personal branding and how different it is if we, we try to, to break it down according to the decades of your life? So when you were in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and so forth. I stopped at 50s because I'm just 48. I stopped as well. <laughs> Don't believe everything you see on Wikipedia. I, I have this quarrel with Wikipedia because on Wikipedia, I'm supposed to be 64 year, years old. That's a lie. That's not true. <laughs> I've been trying to correct it. But anyway, um, no, I didn't change, uh, Paolo, my personal branding at any decade of my life. In one line, I'll describe to you who I am. Mm. I am my mother's child. All my life, whatever I do, I make my nanai proud. That's who I am. Everything is secondary. Of course, on top of that is that I honor God. But who you are, who you are may not manifest when you're a little younger, but who you are is who you are today. 
I just wear better pairs of shoes. I can afford to buy a pair of Lobotan or whatever, or uh, Alexander McQueen, but I am still the same person. I'm still the same person. So in the context of branding, you go back to that core. I was starting to talk about that core. Your brand is based on your story. You know, there's a beautiful, I'll explain it this way. Laluna sa mga bata na nangangarap, you know, to get into the celebrity business, into the public space. There's a line from Maya Angelou's poem, uh, My Grandmother's. I, I share this line with Kachiona Gray when I trained her for the Miss Universe. Um, well, this line goes, I come as one, I stand as 10,000. That's your personal brand. Who are you? I am not alone as you're interviewing me, Paolo. I'm not alone. I am with my grandparents. I am with my ancestors. I carry their stories. My, my ancestors were farmers of the sea and tillers of the soil. We were a very poor family. Uh, we were dreamers. Uh, my father was uh, a hardworking man. My mother was a public school teacher. So you talk to me now, I'm not alone. Tito Boy is not alone. I am with all of them. That's what Maya Angelou is saying. And when you talk about branding, branding is about who you are. That's your brand identity. The brand image is different because the brand image is the experience of an audience with you. That's the brand image. There are many kinds of brands. The brand equity is what makes you different from the rest. But the answer to that is, sangka iba sa iba is ikaw because you have a unique story. Never be ashamed of who you are. Who um, never be ashamed of what people say are your flaws because those make you different. So branding is simply a promise. And don't promise anything that is not true. You go back to who you are. Sino ako? So pag sinabing, kunyari, ano ka, inglesera ka, kunyari, social ka, hindi ka naman social, don't go for that. Go for what is true. Go for what is true. You can enhance it a bit, but don't lose your truth. That's personal branding. And you don't have to be a celebrity to, to have personal branding. Go for your truth. That was part one of our conversation with Tito Boy. We'll be talking more about the art of awesome conversations and the future for the Asia's King of Talk in our next episode. Meanwhile, this is Hey Paolo on Instagram and YouTube. And continue listening to Barcada Radio on 5EBI 103.1. I hope you can also listen to the rest of the Filipino radio crew on Radio Filipino, Thursdays at 12.30 p.m., Sundays at 8.30 a.m. and Fridays at 9 p.m. And this is Hey Paolo signing off.